There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Standard. London's hospitality sector is booming again, having raked in more last year than in 2019, aka the pre-pandemic years. The capital's cafes, restaurants, pubs and clubs scooped up £46 billion in revenue last year, up from £43 billion in 2019, according to data hailed by Mayor Sadiq Khan as proof of the industry's phenomenal resilience. And it's thought the music scene is largely to blame, as millions of people attended live music events across the capital. Three of London's biggest stadiums welcomed more than 1.2 million visitors at concerts, Beyonce brought 225,000 to her show over five nights at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and 160,000 enjoyed the weekend at the London Stadium in the Olympic Park. Plus, we could see more of the same this year as Taylor Swift's UK tour comes to Wembley Stadium in June, having boosted the US economy in 2023. For the small independent music venues, though, it's not going so well. We'll have more on that in part two. And hospitality businesses remain cautiously optimistic, as Sadiq Khan has warned that the sector is still struggling with rising costs and growing challenges with recruitment. So, just how positive is this hospitality boom for London? And can we expect the trend to continue throughout 2024? Joining me now is The Standard's local democracy reporter, Noah Vickers. So, Noah, some fairly good news for London's hospitality sector today. How positive is this for the city? City Hall, uh, very positive about what this data means for London and what it seems to be showing about London's hospitality sector in 2023, but also the success that the music and the kind of wider entertainment sector has had in the last year. They say that it's showing significant growth in London's restaurants, pubs, clubs, but also people attending uh, live music events are massively up, particularly at some of the capital's biggest venues, biggest stadiums across the city. So they think this is very positive news given the hit that London endured during the pandemic, the number of people that weren't able to go out and about and spend their money in the capital in the way that they were in the years leading up to coronavirus. And they say that this shows there has been a significant bounce back. Do we have any inkling at all, Noah, as to why we've seen this this rise, such a big bounce back from the pandemic? Well, we know that as restrictions have gone away, you have to remember that at the start of 2022, people were still a bit worried about the Omicron variant that had impacted the Christmas that had immediately preceded that part of the year. 
And so 2023, in some ways, has been looked at as the first kind of year that was entirely clear of the pandemic in terms of people's behavior. We also saw people working from home less in 2023, people coming into central London and sort of being reminded of what's on offer in terms of uh, the restaurants and clubs and entertainment options available. And I understand music was quite a big factor in this this bounce back as it's being described. Big shows throughout 2023, really. Yeah, definitely. Some of the biggest names in global music came and performed in London. Beyonce, Harry Styles, Blur. Um, and in total, over 1.2 million people attended shows at London's three biggest stadiums. Uh, those being Tottenham Hotspur, Wembley and the London Stadium in the Olympic Park. And we've seen a, quite a lot of new restaurants and hotels opening up across the city. Should London businesses feel confident that 2024 can do as well, perhaps even better than 2023? To some extent, but it will partly depend on the support available to them. So the signs from last year is, are positive. There were more than 250 new restaurants that opened in the last year. That was a 4% increase on 2022. But what the mayor says is that restaurants and other hospitality venues are still facing really significant pressures, those chiefly being the impact of high energy bills and other costs like ingredients at restaurants and the need to pay staff sufficiently to keep up with inflation. You sort of mentioned that the cost of living crisis there. Is it surprising, considering the crisis that we have seen over the last couple of years, that there has been this boom? Yes and no. I mean, people are clearly willing to spend their money on experiences that they treasure and that are, that are important to them within London. But we know that budgets are tight, both for households and for businesses. And an interesting nuance in the data is the fact that, yes, revenue in 2023 was bigger than in 2019 by £3 billion. But once you account for inflation, in, in fact, we haven't kept up with pre-pandemic levels. If inflation is accounted for we should have had revenue of 52.5 billion to overtake that of 2019. So once inflation is accounted for, the picture does become more complex. One thing coming up this year, you talked about music and some of the biggest stars coming to the UK. This year, of course, it's Taylor Swift, and we know what her following's like. Could we see a, a similar sort of boost, even purely just from her tour? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the boost isn't just seen at sales to the music concerts themselves. There's also really clear impacts on people traveling on the tube in terms of people spending their money afterwards, getting food, getting drinks. And it's not just Taylor Swift, Bruce Springsteen, Liam Gallagher and Burner Boy, they're all set to perform this year in London. Let's take a break now. In part two, our arts correspondent Robert Dex explains why London's independent music venues are struggling despite the capital's hospitality boom. Everyone I spoke to said they hate it the week that Glassroom tickets go on sale because hardcore music fans save up their cash, spend it on a Glastonbury ticket and just don't go out for another three weeks or four weeks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now, despite London's post-pandemic bounce back, one area is still struggling. Small, independent music venues. Last year alone, 120 grassroots venues in London closed down, with some owners describing a decline in footfall in recent months. Our arts correspondent Robert Dex has been investigating why venues are on a knife edge despite a post-pandemic boom, and he joins me now. So, Rob, how do we know these small independent venues across the city are struggling? We know because it, it, it's sort of the same story. You know, this is about small music venues. I could have written this story about small fringe theatres, how cinemas, you know, anywhere that's sort of, if you like, at the bottom of the cultural chain that pushes people up, up towards the top. Um, and everyone knows there's a cost of living crisis. People have less money to spend. Everyone knows you've just been through COVID, which whacked the arts with an almighty bang. So, so everyone sort of knows it anyway. But, I mean, luckily... There is also a wonderful organisation called the Music Venue Trust who um, look after and sort of promote grassroots venues. And they have what they call support service. So if you're in trouble, if you've got a massive bill coming in, you can't pay. If you're thinking the only way we can get to the end of the year is by upping our ticket prices to an amount that people won't pay, what you do is you get in touch with them. London, at the last count, had what they call 131 registered grassroots music venues, which means they're registered with the Venues Trust. 31 of them have signed up to the support service, which is just under a quarter. I think you could probably speculate that far more than a quarter are struggling. It's just for whatever reason they've not formally signed up with, with, with this service. But yeah, so yeah, we have the numbers. We, we know it's happening. And I understand none other than Elton John is calling for the government to offer these venue support. What do you make of his sort of message? And also, how likely do you think it is the government will stump up some cash? Yeah, I managed to get five minutes with Sir Elton backstage at um, the Standards Theatre Awards where he won an award. And, you know, the great thing about something like that is he, he's a musician's musician. You know, he has played to hundreds of thousands of people. He's also played to three blokes and a dog who are only there because the beer is cheap and don't care what he's playing. Do you know what I mean? His career has been that long. So he knows the value of small venues when you're starting out and learning your trade, which is what he spoke about quite passionately. But you're right, he wanted the government to step in and help out. I mean, this could seem quite a depressing story, you know, in that it's a major spoke in the wheel of the music industry that looks like it could go under and there'll be nowhere for bands to start out. But actually, it's not as depressing as it could be in that there is actually some sort of cross-party, cross-industry consensus on A, what's wrong, and B, what could be done to put it right. So one of the things that a lot of people talk about is a levy on tickets for sort of arenas above a certain level. So Red Elton John plays to half a million people. Say there's 50p or a pound on every ticket sold that goes into a large fund that can then be used to subsidise the smaller venues. This is already done in other countries. France do it. It was spoken about in Parliament a few weeks back. Um, There was people on the Lib Dem benches, people on the government benches who supported it. The creative industries minister said, she said something like, 
we would support talks or we are supporting talks between different parts of the industry to find a solution, which sounds a bit like they're trying to go softly, softly, and they're just getting people in the room and saying, deal with this yourselves so we don't have to. But if the industry doesn't deal with it themselves, then it may well be that the government steps in. Certainly, obviously, we're expecting a general election this year. If the polls are correct, it looks very likely there may be a change of government. Certainly, the Shadow Culture Secretary has talked about getting more money for the arts. Now, if you can get more money for the arts without spending government money, I imagine that her party would be very pleased with her. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the opposition come out, you know, in a manifesto in in support of this policy. And the sort of venues we're talking about are ones where the likes of Ed Sheeran, Lord, Oasis, Radiohead have have played sort of before they were big. Do you think there's anything the venues themselves can do to boost footfall, such as Ed Sheeran coming back to return to his roots for a few shows, for example? I'm sure they would all love to get people back to support them. I, I mean, a lot of the people I spoke to at these small venues, they put on gigs. I mean, they're often in like pubs or clubs, you know, so they put on food. They try to open later so that they're there for people to come through the door. You know, they are doing everything they can. They're not just saying we're putting on great music and this is a very worthy thing. They are doing their best. But um, times are tight and money's tight. Everyone I spoke to said they hate it the week that Glassroom tickets go on sale because hardcore music fans save up their cash, spend it on a Glastonbury ticket and just don't go out for another three weeks or four weeks. And they said you can literally see the number of punters going through the, you know, the numbers going down when big gigs are going on release or when big festivals are going on release. So it's really tough and they are trying hard and they're actually, there's loads of ingenious little things. People are doing like crowdfunding, getting sort of community share systems going to try to set up venues. So people are doing their best, but I think the feeling is that these are small isolated things and in the sheer weight of the economic problems facing them, they need something else. They need a structure. They need help on a larger scale than just one-off attempts to do well. As arts correspondents, this is something you'll be able to answer fairly well, I'd imagine. Uh, why are these venues so important for London, but also the UK's music scene? I always put it in very plain terms. And as I say, it's not just music venues. It goes for um, fringe theatres where people try out writing their first play or appearing in their first show. You know, my local pub puts on comedy nights, theatre nights, has live music. You need all this stuff. And what you need is a place for people to be a bit crap, essentially. When they're starting out, when they're learning their trade, you you can't go straight from saying, do you know what, let's get a band together and go and play Wembley Arena. You know, you need to work your way through the stages. You need to play to 10 people, 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people to get better and better and better. It's like any job, isn't it? You know, you you tend to start at the bottom and work your way up. In journalism, people used to work on weekly newspapers, go to daily newspapers and then go to Fleet Street. And you you learnt your trade as you went. And that's what this is. These are places where people can learn their trade. And that is people like Oasis, Ed Sheeran, you know, massive, massive bands. Not everyone gets massive, obviously, but we are talking about people who sell hundreds of thousands, if not millions of records, gig tickets, T-shirts, God knows what else, earn an absolute fortune for the economy. I mean, billions and billions of pounds goes into the economy for my music industry. And there needs to be a ladder that they can climb up step by step by step. And this is the very first step. And if it goes, we're going to lose talent. 
There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standards.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.